Hello and welcome back to Below the Bleachers, episode 12. My name is Emmett Demlo. I'm your host. Today we have some good stuff to get into, but before we do, the biggest contract in Major League Baseball history just went down, so we gotta get into that first. Let's talk about Shohei Otani signing with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Otani signed a 10-year $700 million contract, the most money given to a player in U.S. major sports history. The contract has some weird stipulations to it. For the first 10 years of the contract, Shohei Otani will only receive $2 million per year. But for 10 years after that, from 2034 to 2044, Otani will receive $68 million per per year from the Dodgers, deferring that money in order to allow the Dodgers to have more room now to sign more stars and get help for this team. This Otani signing is huge for the MLB, setting the Dodgers up with three major stars at the top of their lineup with Mookie Betts, Shohei Otani, and Freddie Freeman. The Dodgers will also get help in the rotation when Shohei Otani returns to the mound in 2025. Something to take away from this, if Shohei Otani's contract was actually $70 million per year, would that the Dodgers' second half of their lineup, which includes a bunch of younger stars that aren't really fleshed out as much, would struggle a lot because they wouldn't have a lot of help. But since Otani's contract is deferred over time, the Dodgers have a lot of room to get help for their team, not only in their lineup, but more in their rotation. They could go after Yamamoto, the starting pitcher from Japan. Maybe even trade for Tyler Glasnow from the Rays. Those are two targets the Dodgers have been looking at a lot recently. Otani will now get a chance on a true playoff contender and try to get the World Series ring he's been searching for for years in this league. Other things of note from this contract is that this leaves the Los Angeles Angels straight in the dust. They'd really only have Mike Trout now as a true star, not a lot of other great talent on their roster, which means Trout could get moved for prospects soon. The Angels have said that they are not going to trade Trout, but personally, I do not believe that one bit. Trout is in a need situation to get out of the organization if he wants to get any playoff success at all in the future in a tough AL West and a tough American League Trout is kind of stuck now. One more thing of note from this saga. Before he signed with the Dodgers, there was a lot of speculation that the Toronto Blue Jays would get Shohei Otani. Obviously, that did not happen. And so now Toronto is left in the dust as they look for more help for their lineup. A couple names of note for Toronto as they search for more help. Cody Bellinger. Jorge Soler, those are both names that have come up for the Blue Jays, but they still need offensive help after they thought they were going to get the star Shohei Otani. All right, obviously there was a lot to take away from the Otani contract, but more crazy happenings have been going on in baseball, including a major, major trade. Juan Soto, star of the San Diego Padres was moved from the Padres to the New York Yankees in a huge swap for both teams. 
In the trade, the Yankees got Soto and outfielder Trent Grisham, and the Padres got a list of veteran starters and catchers. They got starter Michael King, Randy Vasquez, Johnny Brito, and prospect starter Drew Thorpe, as well as catcher Kyle Higashoka. Drew Thorpe is the Yankees, or was the Yankees' top pitching prospect, and now will help the San Diego prospect rotation. Michael King was on a heater at the end of last season. However, he did not make the playoffs, so it was not able to see if he would keep going. The Padres are looking for that, but he has a lot of potential, still under 30 years old. This was a pretty good trade for both teams, as the Padres got what they wanted and the Yankees got a star in Soto. The Padres were looking to dump money in hopes for more payroll space, and they did exactly that, freeing up a bunch of money, and they got great depth at both battery positions, pitcher and catcher. And the Yankees, although they have a star in Aaron Judge, they get a true help in their outfield with Juan Soto, a guy that hits for average, doesn't strike out a ton. He will help the Yankees a lot in their playoff push as they missed the playoffs last year. They could very well be back very soon. The Yankees were also involved in another trade. They got another outfielder, but this one from a rival squad in the Boston Red Sox. The Yankees traded for outfielder Alex Verdugo. The Yankees sent a couple pitching prospects the Red Sox way. But this helps the Yankees' depth in the outfield, something they struggled with a lot in the past. The last couple of years, their left field spot has been left almost empty, needing a lot of help. But this year, they filled that up with Verdugo and Soto, and the Red Sox get a couple pitching prospects for a guy they didn't see a lot of value from. Moving down the list, there is a ton of of free agency and trades still to cover, including a major starter signing with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Eduardo Rodriguez signed a four-year, $70 million contract with Arizona, giving the Diamondbacks their true second starter to Zach Gallen, and they could still move for another to help bolster their rotation. Rodriguez will finally get a chance on a World Series team again after being on the Red Sox just a couple years ago. However, the past couple years on the Tigers... The team did not see a lot of success. The Diamondbacks can truly compete with top lineups. Still, they're showing that with this signing. They needed rotation help, and they got that in a great starter in Eduardo Rodriguez, who made the all-star team just last year. Another huge signing in the National League, the Cincinnati Reds signed Jaimar Candelario to a three-year $45 million contract, a team-friendly deal for the Reds that absolutely loads up their infield. They've got De La Cruz, Jonathan India, Christian Strand, just to name a few. They might even send Spencer Steer to the outfield after he broke out last year, but he has a lot of potential as well. This is huge for the Reds' offense as they get another big switch-hitting bat, just like Ellie De La Cruz. They still need a little bit of pitching to truly contend, but they are moving in the right direction with a young squad and Condelario, who is a great veteran pickup. Another trade to talk about, the Mariners sent outfielder Jared Kalanick to the Atlanta Braves, giving the Braves plenty of outfield depth with a power player. Kalanick really broke out last year after a couple struggling seasons early in his 
career. However, last year was very good for him on the Mariners. Being in this Braves lineup will be a great spot for him. He won't get all the starting time, but he will get plenty of chances on this Braves team. The Braves also get a ton of depth. They've got Rosario and Acuna already in the outfield. They needed a little more, and they got that in Jared Kalanick. With this trade, I'm not totally sure what the Mariners are doing. A couple weeks ago, we talked about how the Mariners sent Eugenio Suarez to the Diamondbacks. So this is now two starting players that the Mariners have sent away, which is the opposite of what they need. Their rotation is fine, but their lineup struggled a bit last year, especially down the stretch. And now they're not getting a lot of return for these trades. I'm not sure if the Mariners see a free agent signing on the horizon, but it'd have to be a star to move their team in the right direction. They are on the downturn right now, and they're not giving themselves a lot of help. Going back to the Braves, they were not done trading. They traded with the Los Angeles Angels, grabbing infielder David Fletcher. Fletcher is a solid contact hitter and also great for the Braves' depth for their infield. Fletcher struggled last year, but he was pretty good in 2022, and the Braves get some bench help here. The Braves sent first baseman Evan White the Angels' way, a solid prospect for the Angels in return. Going back to the American League, the Baltimore Orioles get some help for their bullpen by signing Craig Kimbrell to a one-year deal. Kimbrell, as many saw, was a liability in the postseason last year. However, the Orioles absolutely needed pitching depth, especially in their bullpen. And if Kimbrell can find a way to return the form, if Baltimore can figure out a system for him, it could be very good for the Orioles as Bautista does not have a timetable yet to return to their bullpen. If Felix Bautista does return to the Baltimore bullpen, they are set up with three great end-of-the-lineup pitchers with Kimbrell, Yenier Cano, and Bautista. Staying in the same division, going back to the Red Sox, the Red Sox traded for outfielder Tyler O'Neill from the Cardinals. The Red Sox in this trade get a power outfielder, which was a need for them. Even with trading away Alex Verdugo, they do get a power outfielder in return. O'Neill can get a fresh start after struggling over the past couple of years. He was great in 2021, and he has amazing tools. He has great speed and great power. He just needs to put it together. After this trade, the Cardinals do need to work on getting some more offensive help to get their lineup back in shape. They got a lot of pitching in free agency so far, but their bottom of the lineup is a little worrisome. There's not a lot of talent there unless they get some stars from the minors. One more free agent signing to go over, and it's the San Francisco Giants signing Young-Ho Lee to a six-year, $113 million contract. Lee was a outfielder from the Japanese system, and he is a great contact hitter. In the last six seasons, he's averaged over 300 for batting average. This gives the Giants a huge help for their slow offense. Hopefully, Lee can keep it together in the major leagues. 
but this is huge for both sides as the Giants get a star hitter and Lee ends up in a good situation where he can truly shine in San Francisco. One more thing to go over, and that is the recent MLB draft lottery. The MLB recently implemented a lottery to help sort out their team order in the draft to prevent tanking from happening. This year, a surprise at the top pick, the Cleveland Guardians got the top pick after they had just a 2% chance to get the first overall pick. They had the ninth best odds. However, they skyrocketed to the top. The Reds also skyrocketed to the top of the order. They get the second pick. Unfortunately for the Oakland Athletics, they were had the highest odds to get the first pick. However, they will slide to fourth. The Colorado Rockies get the third pick. And another huge slide, the Yankees and Padres will slide to 25th and 26th, respectively, after some payroll punishments. All right, with that flurry of recent news out of the way, let's move on to the meat of this episode. Last year, the Diamondbacks and Rangers both came out of the bottom of the league to surprise the MLB and get to the World Series. Anything can happen at any time in the MLB. It's a long season. Bad teams from years past can make jumps into the future very quickly. Today, I want to highlight four teams that I think could do the same next year some young squads that have the potential to make some noise and possibly even get to the playoffs next season some teams are just straight up bad like the athletics and the rockies and i don't see them moving in any sort of way but some teams have been in the cellar of the mlb for quite a long time and they do have a chance next year first off i think the greatest of these four teams the detroit Tigers. The Tigers have really not been competitive since their World Series runs in the early 2010s. However, last year they made some huge strides, finishing 78 and 84, just six games below 500. They were a tough team to beat, especially within the division. They were 35 and 17 against the American League Central last year, which makes me look towards this year, seeing they could make some noise in that relatively weak division. Their team has had a pretty steady prospect drive led by the resurgence of Spencer Torkelson as well as great play from Riley Green and Kerry Carpenter which gives their lineup which has been bad for a long time a lot of hope. They've got a bunch of money on the books for Javier Baez but if they could move him off of their lineup they could be young and quick to move up the rankings. They were pretty good in clutch situations, finishing 21-20 and last year in one-run games, a mark that was better than good teams such as the Minnesota Twins, Texas Rangers, and Tampa Bay Rays. This offseason, they've also made a couple subtle free agent signings that could very well help their cause. Next year, they signed starting pitcher Kenta Maeda. He has been a solid veteran and could get them a bunch of wins out of their rotation. They also signed relief pitcher Andrew Schaffing, to bolster their bullpen. They could be a tough team to beat next year, especially with manager A.J. Hinch at the helms. He led the Astros to their 2017 World Series appearance and could very well move the Tigers in the right direction as well. They've got a bunch of good going on in the organization. 
as with all of these young teams on this list, there are a couple prospects I'd like to look at because of how they could impact the major league system. These are not prospects that are still in rookie and single A ball, but rather prospects that are on the doors of the MLB and could make a difference very soon. For the Tigers, I look at Colt Keith and Jace Young. Colt Keith is in AAA right now, and Young is in AA, but moving up the ranks very fast. Both are in the upper ranks of the minor leagues, as I said, and can contribute heavily on offense. Young made quite a difference in AA last season, finishing with top marks in batting average. They also have in their system the third overall pick from last year, Max Clark, and although he won't be there for a while, Keith and Young could make a difference on the Tigers' offense very soon, something which they very much need. Bottom line with the Detroit Tigers, if they play at a high level, which they are capable of as they showed in stretches last year, they could take advantage of the relatively weak American League Central and maybe even sneak into the playoffs a lot like the Miami Marlins did last year. All right, moving on. Moving over to the National League. Let's look at the Pittsburgh Pirates. I think of the Pittsburgh Pirates next year a lot like I thought of the Cincinnati Reds last year. The Reds surprised a bunch of teams and fans last year by scratching on the door of the playoffs. They have a lot of young talent at almost every position and have a lot of talent flowing into their ranks. I look at the Pirates almost the same way next year. Their lineup is full of a bunch of young talent. I think O'Neill Cruz, who was lost last year to injury, but he is superhuman. I look at Mitch Keller at starting pitcher. Quinn Priester, who struggled a little bit last year, but has shown in the minors at least that he is capable of very promising outings. They've got catcher Andy Rodriguez. All-star third baseman Brian Hayes, who won a gold glove. First overall pick just from a couple years ago, Henry Davis has already cracked the big league roster. And Jack Sawinski led the team in home runs last year. Not to mention veteran Brian Reynolds still playing center field for the Pirates. They've got a bunch of potential difference makers on this team if they show up day to day. They are going to need a lot of consistency, especially from their pitching, which was primarily their downfall last year. They lost starter Ovedo to a Tommy John injury this offseason, but they just traded for Marco Gonzalez from the Braves. He could be a difference maker for them later this season once he returns from injury. The Pirates also have a couple prospects to watch for the long run. First overall pick from last year, Paul Skeens, is making a very quick rise to the big leagues. He's already up to double A after splitting time between many different ranks of the minor leagues. Last year, he could be on the major league roster early this year. I'm talking May and June if he moves through the system fast enough, which the Pirates want him to. And then one of their younger prospects, Termar Johnson, a second baseman, has been one of the best hitters in the minor leagues, especially in the lower ranks. He is in double-A, but he is looking to move higher soon. He could be a game-changer for the Pittsburgh offense. They could have a very good lineup very soon and maybe even contend with a couple of these big teams. They had a huge run last year in May 
in which they were in the top ranks of the National League in terms of wins. They cooled off, however, if they could recreate that, it would help getting O'Neill Cruz back. He was a primary force during that stretch. Pirates could make some noise this season. My third team on this list may be the reachiest of all of these, but I see a lot of good in this team, especially after what's happened so far this offseason. The Kansas City Royals, another team in the American League Central, have got a superstar to build on, a front office willing to make moves, and a bunch of talent in the major leagues already that just needs a little more polish, and they will be set. Although their prospect system isn't as deep as the other teams, the Kansas City Royals have almost more MLB-ready talent than the other guys, so they could be better quickly. Bobby Wood Jr. is a certified superstar on this team, their shortstop. He finished just one stolen base shy from a 30-50 season last year. He was an all-star, and he was just a force on the field every game he played in. They've also got young talent in Michael Garcia and Vinny Pascantino. Pascantino was lost to injury last year, but he was hitting a bunch of home runs before he went out in June. The team's pitching is sneaky good from the guys that they have already. They're led by upcoming star Cole Reagans, who last year, he started half of the season and had a 31.1% K rate and a 2.4 war in just half the time. They also have top prospect, former top prospect, I should say, Brady Singer, and sneaky offseason signing Seth Lugo, who was a pretty solid pitcher on the Padres last year. Not to mention... They signed Will Smith to their bullpen. Will Smith has been on the past three World Series winners, so obviously that means the Royals are destined to win the 2024 World Series. Kidding, of course, but he could still make a huge difference for their bullpen, much like Aroldis Chapman did last year. They just have one prospect that I look at right now. That's Gavin Cross. He's in double A right now and he cemented himself last season as one of the best hitting prospects in baseball, leading in top 10 in home runs as well as top 20 in average. Overall, the Royals may not be as good as the other teams on this list, but they could still be dangerous and surprise more than people think they will. They've got a bunch of young talent And their front office making moves like Seth Lugo and Will Smith proves that they do want to put together a solid team and they want to compete. They don't want to just sit in the bottom like they have. And I don't think they will. I think the Royals move up the wind column very, very quickly this year. One more team to look at, and I want to look at the Washington Nationals. This team has a bunch of of young talent in their system. It rivals, in my opinion, the Orioles in terms of how much they've got going on in their prospect ranks and the guys they already have in the MLB. In their lineup, they have C.J. Abrams, who was on fire at the end of last season. Caber Ruiz has been a pretty solid backstop, and Lane Thomas has been great for their outfield, a up-and-coming star 
They've also got two great pitchers, or could be great pitchers, in Mackenzie Gore and Josiah Gray. Gray has been an all-star the past two seasons, and Gore could be an all-star this year if he keeps up his hot streak from the end of last year. The Nationals last year were great in the clutch, finishing 28-21 and in one-run games, as well as 6-2 and in extra innings. A good mark and something to build on this year. Not to mention, they've got a pretty good manager in Davey Martinez who led them to the 2019 World Series championship ring. And he could pull together this young squad this year as well. A couple prospects to look at. Some I'm very excited to see eventually in the major leagues. Their top three prospects are all in double A and moving fast. I'm talking about Dylan Cruz, the second overall pick from last year, James Wood, and Brady House. We could see at least one of these guys in the MLB as early as this year, maybe even all three if they move fast enough. All three are great prospects. Two out of the three are five tool with Brady House having great contact skills and Dylan Cruz having the best bats to come out of last year's draft. This could be a great, great year for the Nationals if their system moves well enough. Now, I'm not saying all of these teams will make the playoffs. Maybe they won't even sniff it. However, I do think they could be very surprising next year coming into the league's top teams. They have a chance to make some noise next year. That'll wrap it up for me today. Thank you for listening to Below the Bleachers. I will see you next time.